From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. All right, very glad to be with you on Open Line Tuesday here on EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Uh, Jack Williams away today. I'm Tom Price along with our wonderful Tuesday host, Father Wade Menezes. How are you? I'm doing great, Tom. I hope you're doing okay, too, especially today since I want to talk about the dignity and goodness of work. Well, you've got a lot to say about that, and I have a few things to say about that. Uh, I ask everybody's uh, forgiveness for my scratchy throat today. Uh, you know, when you get a cold, at least when I get a cold, where, right where it lands, the throat. Oh, great. Oh, so well, <laughs> we hope you're feeling better soon. Thank you so much. Here is our phone number if you have a question for Father Wade, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 833- 288-3986. Outside of North America, please dial the U.S. country code and then 205-271-2985. You can also shoot us an email if you prefer that. The address openline at EWTN.com, openline at EWTN.com. In the subject line, be sure you put Tuesday or Father Wade. I think that is the best way to handle that. So today, Father, you're talking about the dignity of human labor. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, work, human labor, and, and the dignity that it has about it. You know, the Church teaches that work is something which both sanctifies the individual, and it is also something that can be sanctified itself. How about mm, that? Huh? Wow. Uh, the ordinary Christian, Tom, who seeks holiness in his, in his ordinary work and his daily living experience, uh, through faithfulness to daily duty, should be very moved with great comfort to find out just how often our Lord Jesus Christ uses in his parables, his primary method of teaching, examples taken from work and working situations. Mm. Uh, for example, in his parables on the kingdom of God, Jesus constantly refers to human work before showing forth the very dignity inherent in human labor. Proof of this. There's the parable of the shepherd tending his flock in John 10, the parable of the farmer in Mark 12, the parable of the doctor in Luke 4, the parable of the pounds regarding trade and commerce in Luke 19, the parable of the sower in Mark 4, the parable of the householder in Matthew 13, the parable of the servant in both Matthew 24 and Luke 12, the parable of the steward in Luke 16. There's the parable of the fisherman in Matthew 13, the parable of the merchant in Matthew 13. There's also the parable of the laborer himself, the worker himself in Matthew 20, the parable of the talents, which regards uh, investment, mm. Matthew 25. There's the parable of the yeast, which deals with a cook in Matthew 13. The parable of the lost coin looked for by a housekeeper. How about that for domestic work and its yeah. dignity uh, in Luke 15? And our Lord also compares the Christian apostolate, Tom, uh, to the manual work of harvesters in Matthew 9. 
9 and John 4, and to fishermen in Matthew 4. And in the Gospel of St. Matthew, our Lord even refers to the work of scholars regarding more intellectual work when he says, quote, "...every scribe who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old." In Matthew 13, verse 52. And St. John Paul II in Laborum Exertions, his document on the dignity of exercising human labor, paragraph number 26, he says that intellectual work has just as much dignity as physical work. Thus, intellectual labor has just as much dignity as physical labor. So, for example, computer operators, artists, physicists, mathematicians, philosophers, writers, theologians, and radio broadcasters, Tom. How about that? Okay. (laughs) So we can't forget that work is something which both sanctifies the individual and can be sanctified. So I want to invite our Open Line Tuesday live listeners this hour to call in or to type in at our Facebook live feed where they're watching the show or our YouTube live feed uh, where they're watching the show to either call or type in and give a witness how they believe their work, their human labor, helps sanctify them or how they sanctify their labor. Huh? Um, there's many, many ways that this can be done. Do you pray the rosary at work? Do you offer up your literal activity of work as a prayer pleasing to God? How about the old maxim, don't make prayer your work, you know, i got to get my rosary in, i got to get my rosary in. Or, yeah. Well, the daily rosary is great, but we shouldn't have that kind of an attitude about it where we cut off charity because we feel we got to get our rosary in. Don't make prayer your work. Make work your prayer. It's not a question of either or. It's a question of both and. And the virtue of diligence plays a big part in this. Uh, Thomas Aquinas defines diligence as, as doing what you're supposed to do, when you're supposed to do it, in the way it's supposed to be done. Get this, Tom. The Roman Book of Blessings has over 250 blessings in it. One of them is titled thus, A Blessing for a Place of Work, Such as an Office, Shop, or Factory. How about that? And there's not only a blessing for the breaking of ground for such locations of such buildings used for work and human labor, but also a blessing upon the completion of the place of work, such as an office, shop, or factory. Mm. Think of the dignity of St. Joseph's work, right? The great carpenter. Is this not the carpenter's son? Some of the townsfolk were asking themselves, showing us an inherent dignity in the labor of Joseph in regards to their questioning about Jesus. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 22 says, quote, And I saw that there is nothing better for a man than to rejoice in his work. How beautiful is that? And then St. Edith Stein, who I love dearly, she's one of my girlfriends in heaven, I like to say. I have several there. St. Edith Stein says, let go of your plans. The first hour of your morning belongs to God. Then with great confidence, tackle the day's work that he charges you with, and he will give you the power to accomplish it. You know, she was a great intellectual laborer, lover of philosophy, a great writer of philosophy, uh, would uh, compete in term paper uh, competitions regarding different philosophical topics and so forth. So I, I really want our callers today to really stick to the springboard, and let's really show forth the dignity of human labor and how work both sanctifies the individual and can be sanctified itself. Um, St. Jose Maria Escriba, the founder of Opus Dei, Work of God, which he founded for laity, we can't forget that. He says this, God waits for us every day in the science laboratory, in the operating room of the hospital, in the army barracks, in the university chair. 
He waits for us in the factory and in the workshop, in the agricultural fields, and in the great domestic home, and in all the immense panorama of daily work. Understand this well, my brothers and sisters. There is something holy, something divine, something hidden in the most ordinary circumstances and situations of everyday life. And it is up to each one of you to discover it. Again, St. Jose Maria Escriba. Now, all this said, Tom, it's important to echo John Paul II when he says, work is for man, not man for work. If you hold the latter, okay, then that means that you're going to allow to creep in some socialist and communist tendencies. We don't want that. John Paul II again says, work is for man, not man for work. He continues, he says, the church faithful to the word of Almighty God does not cease to recall the principles that work is for man and not man for work. In her social teachings, the church proclaims the primacy of the human person over work and recalls that the finality of all things like capital, science, technology, public resources, and even private property must be with a view to the true progress of the human person and the human person's common good. Mm. How beautiful is that? And Archbishop Fulton Sheen, this is a great one, Tom, he says this, We would all like to make our own crosses in regards to work, but since our Lord did not make his own cross, rather it was thrust upon him, neither do we make our own crosses. So what do we do then? We do the following. We take whatever he gives us in our daily lives, and we can make the supernatural best of it. And then he gives some examples here, Tom. Fulton Sheen does. Mm. He says, the typist at her desk, working on routine letters, the student with his school books, studying, the sick in their isolation and pain in the nursing home or hospital, the teacher preparing her pupils for tomorrow's quiz, and the mother dressing her children early in the morning to catch the school bus on time, Every such task, every such duty, can be ennobled and spiritualized if it is done in God's name and done as a pleasing sacrifice to him. Mm, Maybe this is why St. Teresa of Avila, the great Carmelite mystic, Tom, she says, quote, God is found even amidst the pots and pans. Mm -hmm. How about that? There's something you can share with Adrienne tonight when you get home, huh? You better believe it. (laughs) Say, honey, say, honey, could you do the the dishes tonight? And she'll kind of give you a look and say, well, St. Teresa says, God is found even amidst the pots and pans, you know. (laughs) I will certainly bring that up, but I may have to duck while while I'm saying it. Wow, this is fantastic. And I'm so glad that we're unpacking this for our listeners. You know, Father, I've been here since 1997, a long Amen. time, and I've always felt that God was preparing me in all the all the work that I did for this job, and I'm so very blessed to be here. Here's Amen. our phone number, uh, and that is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986, or shoot us an email, openline at EWTN.com. Coming back in a moment here for more Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes on EWTN. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call one 205 271-2985 or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com Glad you're with us for Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN Our phone number 833-288-EWTN That's 
888-288-3986. I must admit, we have sold out phones at the moment, uh, but when a line becomes available, you will know what to do. We'll get back to Father Wade in just a moment. I want to tell you about a wonderful new book from EWTN Publishing, and it's called Taught by Ten, A Psychologist Father Learns from His Ten Children by our friend Dr. Ray Garendi. Dr. Ray in this book gives guidance that will help you gain confidence toward molding and instructing your own children. You'll be moved by stories of kids who were affected by serious health issues, substance abuse, and unstable foster care placement. You'll also learn why stronger parents who act more and lecture less have smoother family lives, and the power of affection to show your children your love. This is a fantastic book, Taught by Ten, A Psychologist's Father Learns from His Ten Children by Dr. Ray Garendi. It's available right now at EWTNRC.com. Buy Catholic, shop Catholic, EWTNRC.com. So it is uh, Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. And uh, before we get to the phones, Father, why don't you share a little more about work? Yeah, exactly. I, I want to share a couple more quotes that I think are important about showing forth the dignity of human labor, what the Church teaches about work, and then invite our listeners this hour to call in to witness about how they believe their work helps to sanctify them, or how they believe they can sanctify their work and ways in which they do that, because the Church teaches that work is something which both sanctifies and is sanctified, and that's an important teaching when looking at our faithfulness to daily duty. Uh, St. John Chrysostom says our spirit should be quick to reach out toward God, not only, Tom, when engaged in meditation, but at other times too, such as when carrying out its daily duties, such as our work, such as when caring for the needy, or performing works of charity, or when giving generously in the service of others in any way. Our spirit should long for God and call him to mind during such tasks, so that these works may be seasoned with the salt of God's love, and so make a palatable offering to the Lord of the universe. Just very beautiful wording, almost very poetic, how how he wrote that. And going back to St. Jose Maria Escriba, the founder of Opus Dei, he says, Your ordinary contact with God takes place with your fellow men, your your yearnings, and even with your daily work. This is where your affections lie, with your fellow human person, your daily yearnings, and your daily work. There you have your daily encounter with Christ. It is in the midst of the most material things of the earth that we must sanctify ourselves while at the same time serving God and serving all of mankind. Heaven and earth seem to merge, St. Jose Maria says. Heaven and earth seems to merge, my sons and daughters, on the horizon, but where they really meet is in your hearts when you sanctify your everyday lives in your work. Mm. How beautiful is that? And St. Francis de Sales, who, I might add, is one of the patron saints of journalists and broadcasters. Hey. I, end, I end with his quote. Okay. Uh, St. Francis de Sales says, To be perfect in our vocation is nothing else than to fulfill the duties which our state of life obliges us to perform faithfully each day, and to accomplish these well, and only for the honor and love of God and neighbor. Mm. He's basically giving us the Ten Commandments there, Tom, because the first three commandments have to do with love of God, 
the remaining seven have to do with love of neighbor. Listen mm-hmm. to this again. To be perfect in our vocation is nothing else than to fulfill the duties which our state of life obliges us to perform and to accomplish these well, and only for the honor and love of both God and neighbors. So how about that? Huh? Fantastic. All right. And if you're ready to go to the phones, let's do it at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We begin with Ed in Pittsburgh, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Hello, Ed. What's on your mind today, sir? Hi, uh, Kylo, fellas. I just wanted to share with you guys. Um, we're a masonry contractor, mm-hmm. so we have bricklayers. I'm a bricklayer also, and Great. laborers. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we we do a lot of work, thank God. And uh, we have a habit. I'd like to start the uh, job off with a prayer, asking, uh, thanking God for the work, and then asking Him to watch over us for a successful, safe project. And at the end of the project, I, I like to take a moment and get everybody around, sometimes a superintendent or another foreman walks over. Uh-huh. I like to say a quick prayer of thanksgiving. And, and my prayer is usually in our Father, Hail Mary, and the glory be, and then a little bit of personal stuff, like thank you for this work, mm-hmm. and thank you for keeping it safe. And, uh, Wonderful. And then another, another, well, thank you. And, and another thing we do is kind of like, um, you know, I used to be ashamed of praying before meals, but I'll get the guys, my son and I will get the guys breakfast on a rain day while we're waiting for the rain, or I'll get a lunch, we're working extra hard, we're knocking it out, and uh-huh. say a quick prayer, and say grace, you know? Wow. And some yeah. of the guys are, one or two are Catholic, but they don't, maybe they don't really go to church, and the other guys, they're all Christian men, but they really don't um, go to church, so I kind of like it, so they, they all know, they all they all respect us enough to at right. least be respectful, and I and honestly, I think I think God hears us. He keeps giving us that work, and He keeps knocking them out. <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> that is beautiful. And and Ed, uh, you're not only sanctifying your work by asking God to watch over it; your work is sanctifying you. Um, you're asking for uh, protection over your workers. You're asking for the project to be brought to its successful completion. He is the Lord of the work. We can't forget that. And that's a beautiful thing to remember. And you're also giving witness. I'm sure uh, the non-Catholics and the ones who don't practice any particular faith, not even a Protestant faith, I'm sure they know, the men know, that you're a Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so you're giving a a witness that's that's silent. And, And by silent, I mean... You're not proselytizing per se for them to become Catholic. The Church wouldn't want that. The Church would just want you to simply set by example, and that's a beautiful thing. And uh, you're doing just that. So a great, great witness call, Ed. Thank you so much, and God bless your work uh, yeah. in Masonry. And I, I mean that sincerely. And may Saint Joseph, the great carpenter, watch over you and your men as well. Uh, again, work is something which both sanctifies the individual and which can be sanctified. And Ed just gave us a great witness call into that truth of our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Thank you so much, Ed. Thank you, Ed. Boy, what a great way to lead off this show. That opens up a line for you right now at 
888-288-EWTN. One line open, 833-288-3986. Open line Tuesday with Father Wade here on EWTN. Let's go to Ryan in Louisiana listening on Christ Our King Radio. Hey, Ryan, what's on your mind today, sir? Hi, I just wanted to give you um, a t- kind of testimony how I how my work kind of uh, sanctified me. Uh-huh. Great. Um, I was away from the Catholic faith for a long time, uh, for about 10 years or so while I was in college. I'm a physical therapist now, and I do home health. Um, and by doing home health, my job helped sanctify me. Going to, I went to a patient's house one time, and he had pictures of saints and other religious uh, articles and stuff. And he really kind of brought my evangelized me and brought me back to the Catholic faith. Um, and ever since then, I've really grown in my faith. I go to uh, daily Mass, and I uh, always start my day with uh, the Pervenian Act and um, trying to do God's will. Uh-huh. Um, and it's really helped me grow in my faith and, uh, helps, uh, with my family come closer to God. And, um, I kind of share all the information I, I get from EWT and radio since I'm on the road all the time driving, uh, I keep uh-huh. my radio on Catholic radio and I learn so much and I share this with my patients and, um, especially, uh, some of my patients who are suffering with pain or, uh-huh. uh, bed bound and stuff like that. Cause, um, the worst part of my job, I find, is uh, the people who are suffering, but they have no cause or um, for their suffering. They can't offer it, or they're they're not sure how to kind of become closer to God mm-hmm. um, through their suffering. If they're homebound, yep. Okay, well, wow. what, thank you, Ryan, so much for a, a great uh, witness call, just as Ed did just before you. It sounds like uh, you're not only evangelizing your patients, but it sounds like they're, to a certain extent, evangelizing you. One thing I'd like you to do, uh, Ryan, if you could, is go to fathersofmercy.com. At the homepage in the upper right, click on the little magnifying glass icon, and then a search bar comes up in the middle of the screen. On that search bar, type six salvific benefits of suffering, or six benefits of suffering. Uh, it should come right up as a PDF document, ready for uh-huh. you to print off. I, I've, I've done that sheet, especially for people who are homebound or in nursing homes or in the hospital, so they can see that these are six ways that we can offer up our suffering as something salvific, a word that the Universal Catechism uses in several places. Salvific simply meaning it's saving or it's redemptive. So when we say the, the six salvific benefits of suffering, we mean, we mean simply the six a saving or re- redemptive benefits of suffering. And Ryan, you are welcome to make copies of that and to give them to your patients if they, if they want them. You don't want to force it on them, of course, but as a way of, of helping them to grow in their faith and see how their suffering uh, can truly, truly be united to the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And thank you, Ryan, for listening to Catholic Radio. And, uh, you know, we also have the Fathers of Mercy Examination of Conscience brochure at our website on the search bar. Just simply put in the words examination of conscience. Print that off as a yeah. PDF document ready yeah. to go. You might be giving uh, home therapy to a, a fallen away Catholic who wants to return to the faith, and you can offer to contact the priest for them, and you can give them a copy of that examination of conscience, again, if they want it, to help them prepare for a good, holy, reverent confession so that the priest can come out and hear their confession, bring them Holy Communion, and if they're near death or if they're nearing death, um, they can also receive the last rite. So, Ryan, I want you to know this, and I don't say this to pat myself on the back, I mean this sincerely as a point of witness myself. Whenever, whenever I see somebody in scrubs in town, like if I'm at Walmart or Walgreens or something, Uh I always, always go up to them 
and thank them for their work in healthcare, whatever facet that might be in, whether they're a nurse or a home therapist like yourself. Uh, I always, always say thank you for your work. It's such important work in healthcare. And I also do the same thing with first, first responders. If I run into a policeman or, or a, a fireman somewhere, uh, I always thank the first responders and the healthcare workers. So thank you so much, Ryan, and God bless you. And uh, thank you for a great witness call, and thank you for your strong Catholic faith. Fantastic call. Thank you, Ryan, and we do appreciate hearing from you in Louisiana. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN. Sold out phones at the moment, but uh, when a line does become available, here is the number, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you prefer uh, email, that's certainly possible. Openline at EWTN.com. Openline at EWTN.com. Thanks to everybody for uh, putting up with my scratchy throat today. In a moment, we're going to be talking with Stephen in Cincinnati, also Michael in Spokane, Rick in Mississippi, Destiny, a first-time caller in Oklahoma City, also Stephanie in San Antonio, Texas. All right, again, that number, 833-288-EWTN. We're talking about work and the workplace here on Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And to be specific, it is Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN Radio. Our phone number, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We will try to get to as many questions as we can. Father, before the break, you mentioned uh, the wonderful website, fathersofmercy.com. Yeah, and I'd like to give a witness myself as to what are some of the signs of a Fathers of Mercy vocation for those men listening ages 18 to 40 that may be contemplating a religious vocation. Mm -hmm. We Fathers of Mercy, Tom, are looking for good, solid Catholic men who are unabashedly in love with our Lord Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church, which He founded. We look for men who want to help transform a veritable culture of death into a veritable culture of life and love by showing and giving it the mercy of God. We seek virtuous men for the Fathers of Mercy, men who, despite their own failings, Uh have experienced the mercy of God themselves and so are able to give that great gift to others precisely because they have experienced it themselves. Men who want to live joyfully, the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience, all while living and sharing a common life of prayer, work, and fraternity. So give us a look at fathersofmercy.com if you're contemplating a religious vocation with an active missionary preaching apostolate, or write our email, uh, write via email our vocation director, Father Ken Geraci, at missions at fathersofmercy.com. Missions, that's the word mission with an S at the end of it, missions at fathersofmercy.com, and talk to Father Ken Geraci, our vocation director. Absolutely, and to quote the great uh, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, I second that emotion. There you go. Because the Fathers of Mercy are fantastic. Fathersofmercy.com. Back to the phones now. We're talking about work and the workplace here on Open Line Tuesday. Let's go to Michael now in Spokane, listening on the great Sacred Heart Radio. Michael, what's on your mind today? Yeah, thank you both for taking my call. Um, beautiful day here in Spokane, about 70 degrees. Wow. You mentioned, Father, you're, yeah, no humidity. You better come on out here and watch the lakes. <laughs> you can visit the lakes. Sure. Yeah, I'll be the guest tour. Um, you mentioned, Father, your saints in heaven, um, uh, girlfriends. I bet you have a lot of girlfriends. 
I do. <laughs> well, in, we'll say in heaven. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I like what you said about prayer, too, that, um, you know, it shouldn't be a drudgery uh, or uh, a duty. It should be joy. Sure. And to get, I try and pray every day. Um, I'm not working full-time, but uh, just to get start with the Blessed Mother and pray to her, Lourdes, Guadalupe, Hawken Ireland, and and St. Ignatius, St. Francis, just to give joy for each day. Amen. Um, yeah, amen is that. It should be joy, not drudgery. But my yeah. question is the sin of omission, if we could switch slightly sure. here. And I, I, would, I would like to discuss the sin of omission. Um, <clears throat> you know, as you know, since 1973, there have been 63 million abortions in America, 63 million. And as a Catholic, I believe life begins at conception. Medical evidence uh, shows a heartbeat five to six weeks after conception. Yet many Catholics refuse to support the pro-life movement and pack work against it. Uh, would this be a sin of omission? Absolutely. A sin of omission uh, is when we don't do something that we should, and a sin of commission is when we do something that we shouldn't. Mm. And the sins of omission and sins of commission, Michael, are both mentioned in the wonderful Confidior. I confess that we celebrate at Mass uh, every Sunday in congregation, or pray together every Sunday in congregation. It's, it's the first of three types of penitential rites uh, in the Mass, the third option having a variety, I believe it's nine uh, different uh, sub-options with the trope Kyrie, the interspersed Kyrie and, and uh, lay song and Christe lay song. But the, the first option of the confidior is, uh, the first option of the penitential rite, excuse me, is the confidior. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have gravely sinned uh, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, um, in, in what I have done, uh, sins of commission, and in what I have failed to do, sins of omission. Uh, so that's the difference right there. And on a life issue in particular, as you mentioned abortion, and we can't forget the other life issues as well, uh, like euthanasia, uh, it's, it's of paramount importance precisely because the teaching on human life is of paramount uh, importance. So great, great question, Michael, from Spokane. Thank you so much. I'll be flying into Spokane uh, the weekend of October 14th, 15th, and 16th, ah. because then I will be uh, taking a car ride to Cordialine to give the men's conference there with Dr. Ray Garendi, uh, whose new book... Uh, taught by Tin, Tom, uh, just our moderator today, filling in for Jack, just gave a highlight to earlier in the hour. So I'm looking forward to being with the guys that weekend in Cordialine, uh, and also uh, to be with Dr. Ray that weekend. All so right. uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that Spokane's having great weather there, uh, Michael. Thank you so much. Very good. Michael, thank you for your call. You know, there are several radio apostolates with the name Sacred Heart Radio. One of them is in Washington State, uh, Spokane, Seattle, uh, the other one is in Cincinnati. So we're going to go to Stephen now in Cincinnati, also listening on Sacred Heart Radio. Stephen, what's on your mind today? Uh, Father Wade, and thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. I, um, I extend mercy to employers who really grossly cross the line. I worked at one where I was told flat out, you're not going to get a promotion because you're a disabled veteran. I uh, was working in a federal program where our got disabled veteran training for a job, and then as soon as I got in the job, all they wanted me to do is commit fraud, which I refused to do so. 
I uh, was at a job where they refused to acknowledge my disability, and I was greatly, um, my injury greatly increased because of that. Um, and there, what I did as part of forgiveness is I gave my boss a couple autographed books by one of his favorite authors that my oldest son happened to know personally. And the current position, uh, corporate America, based on cancel culture, uh, praying for the employer that tried to do this uh, DEI stuff and spoke privately to one of the officers of the company about it. And when I explained to him that 90,000 Christians a year were murdered just for our faith, he said, uh, I had no idea this was happening. He said, sorry, our program doesn't incorporate Christians, but uh, thanks for telling me about this. So I uh, try to incorporate mercy in what I do every day. I'm not, not perfect. Uh, father of a large family like Dr. Ray, so that's what I had to share. Sure. Great, great, Stephen. You know, it, 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 to sum it up, you know, you, you forgive severe transgressions in the workplace, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Um, at the same time, you're giving witness uh, to the correction, or a, a hopeful correction to the grievance that you've experienced, and that's important, too. Again, we work is something that both sanctifies and can be sanctified. And I think your, your witness here, Stephen, with what you just told us live on the air, is an example of, of sanctifying the workplace, helping to sanctify the workplace, yes. making work sanctified by um, bringing up severe transgressions or grievances and a hopeful approach to having them met so that they can be ironed out. And that's, that's a great thing. Uh, all things with clarity and charity. Uh, is very, very important to remember, I think, uh, when things can get kind of tense in the workplace. All things with charity and clarity, that's very, very important. So thank you, Stephen, so much for your call today from Cincinnati. We really appreciate it. Appreciate that, Stephen. I know that our producer, Michael McCall, back in the day, uh, long before coming here, suffered some severe uh, transgressions in the workplace. We've talked about that. Uh, So did I, uh, long before I came to EWTN. But you just have to be charitable and say, okay, the Lord's going to have to sort that out. And let's never forget, too, that there could be a message for us from God in such circumstances, even though we are the ones who are seemingly having the grievance thrust upon us. Mm -hmm. Have the Christian maturity to say to yourself, okay, what can I learn from this? Yes, I'm, I'm the one who's unjustly being having things thrown upon right now, but but what can I learn from this? Is it patience? Does God want me to learn patience in this? Mm. Does God want me to uh, be able to be an example for others who will go through this similar situation in the future, maybe in the same workplace, so that I can share with them that I went through the same thing? Um, what, what can I learn from it? We need that Christian maturity to be able to understand that aspect of it as well. So that's a great witness that you just gave, Tom, about yourself and, and Michael, our producer. So thank you for that. All right. It is uh, Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes here on EWTN. We have a couple of lines open at the moment, and if you call right now, we're going to try to get you on today's program as we're talking about work and the workplace. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833 833- 288-3986. Tomorrow on uh, Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, they'll be talking about a great topic. Are you a creature of habit? All right, guilty. Guilty. I'm guilty. <laughs> so check it out tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on EWTN Radio. Let's go now to Destiny, a first-time caller from Oklahoma City, listening on the great Oklahoma Catholic Broadcasting. Hey, Destiny, what's on your mind today? 
Destiny in Oklahoma City. Are you there? Why don't we put her on hold, and we will get back to her in just a moment. Here is Linda, a first-time caller in Olympia, Washington, listening today on Sacred Heart Radio as well. Linda, what's on your mind today? Well, one thing that is on my mind is that before I go to work every day, I always ask St. Joseph to help me. I do the St. Joseph prayer, and that's one of the things, yeah. And then what I do is, like, I was giving somebody a 15-minute break a few days ago at work, and so when that person came back, he said, thank you for your help, and that I really appreciate That mm-hmm. made me feel good, yeah. because I yeah. like to help people. And Great. then, all, yeah, and then what I was also doing was somebody was saying, well, when a customer comes by and i got to clean up, how do I do this? I said, well, what you do is you politely say to the customer that you have to clean up, but that they are welcome to come back. And so I said, because we don't want to have a messy area. See, I'm what's called a demonstrator. Okay, like a demonstrator of products. Right. Okay. Well, very good, Linda. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And Linda, I, I want to point out something you said. You said when the person said, thank you for helping me, it made you, Linda, feel good. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's nice to be appreciated, and it's nice to have a compliment that you help somebody out, whether within your work situation or outside of your work situation even. Uh, and I want to point that out because we can be the person who says to others, hey, thank you for helping me out, what that person did to you. Uh, or if we receive such a compliment, say thank you back. Don't necessarily say something like, oh, it was nothing. No, it was something. You did help somebody, and that is something. And so uh, y- you want to have a healthy balance in how you view that the compliment that came your way, and also the compliment that you give. And so it, it was fantastic as, as, a, as a priest, as a moralist, Linda, it, it was just great for me just now to hear you say, and when the person told me thank you, it made me feel great. Mm, yeah. Because that, that's, you know, we're human too, and it's, it's nice to have that affirmation in a healthy way, not, not that we need to live only for such things. That would be an unhealthy way if we relied too much on compliments. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean by a healthy balance. Again, avoiding the two extremes. We see this in the, in the list of the seven capital sins and the list of the seven opposite extremes at the other end, uh, with, the, with the capital virtues being in the middle of those two uh, columns of the extremes, the, the seven capital sins and the opposite extremes. So we want all things lived in a balance, and that's very, very important. So Linda, thank you for such a, a great witness call. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Linda. Let's go now to Destiny, a first-time caller in Oklahoma City. Are you with us now, Destiny? Yes, I'm sorry about that. Quite all right. What's on your mind today? Well, basically, um, under the recommendation of one of the other members of EWTN Radio, I actually left my place of employment, which put my husband and I in a major financial pickle. But I'm I'm running an Avon business. I'm trying to get up off the ground. I'm also a mom. So just under the last you're you're wearing many hats. It sounds like yeah. destiny. So that's great. You know, it, you 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 found 
yourself at the point where you needed to get out of that previous situation of work. And that happens. That, that's, a, that's a reality that we have to often face. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You don't want to leave there in an amputated way. We never want to amputate. We have a right to detach, see it as a detachment from that former place of work, but not as an amputation. Amputation severely, severely cuts off permanently. So what do I mean by that? Well, let's say you ran into your former boss at the grocery store. Be pleasant. Have a pleasant smile. Say hello. There's no need to engage him in elongated conversation or her in elongated conversation because of that history. But show them in the grocery store that you have no animosity. That's what true detachment is. You want to see your former place of work and you're leaving it because indeed you felt you had to. See it as detachment, not as an amputation. That's very, very important. Uh, Father Emmerich Vogt, a dear friend of the Fathers of Mercy, always explains that important point in, in, in teaching us about the, a balanced emotional life. We never, ever want to e- amputate, but we have every right to detach if it's come to that point. Um, and, and that's a good point, I think, to bring up uh, with what you said about your prior place of work. And look at the good that's come out of it. Uh, you have your own Avon business. You said you're helping your mom. You're being a mom, yeah. um, and so forth. And, and you and your husband are, are back on track financially, so that's a great thing. Um, and so, again, a, a great witness call. We've had so many today, and we thank you for that. Uh, and, you, and, and you sound optimistic. You sound optimistic. I think that's an important thing as well. So thank you so much, Destiny, for your call today from Oklahoma City. Glad to hear from you. Uh, Here is an email, not an email, but a a Facebook entry uh, from Nick. Nick says, is it sinful not to go above and beyond because whether they are or are not, you feel like someone is taking advantage of you? Does this someone destroy the integrity of my work? It seems like my job expects more and more out of me every day, but doesn't want to reward me for more. My wife and I have been praying daily for my situation to change for over a year now, and while the situation is not terrible, God's will seems to be having me where I am right now, even though I'm having a hard time finding joy in what I do. What do you think, Father? Well, great question. You know, we always have the right to approach the proper chain of command to give our grievances in a, in a way that is charitable, and clear. This is what I mean by charity and clarity. Mm -hmm. So what this person is saying about their work, I have no reason to doubt him. I think he mentioned his wife, so I presume it's a a male writing this. So I have no reason to doubt him that what he's saying is very sincere and true in his heart of hearts. Well, if that's the case, with charity and clarity, go to your immediate supervisor. It may not be the main boss, but go through the proper chain of command. Grace comes through the chain of command. We believe this very strongly in religious life. Uh, grace comes through the chain of command. So the novice goes to the novice master. And then if the, if the novice master wants to explain something further and seek out a, cl- a clarification, he would then go to his immediate superior, uh, the superior general, for example. So gr- my point is, grace comes through the chain of command. Uh, the novice wouldn't go necessarily straight to the superior general. Uh-huh. Um, so th- that's something worth bringing into our lay lives as laity uh, and our secular lives as, as secularists, trying to sanctify the world, trying to sanctify society, trying to sanctify the workplace. This is all very important. So that's number one. Know that with charity and clarity, you always have the right to go th- to the proper chain of command and share in a, in a very charitable way what you just shared in your Facebook uh, statement, because I found it very charitably written, and hopefully your immediate superior will as well. The second thing I want to make note of here is that it's great to hear that you and your spouse are praying together 
on this very point about yes. should I leave this workplace, should I not leave it? And it's also good to hear you say that at least for right now, you feel that God may be asking you to stay there. Well, that's some clarity that you've received, it sounds like, along with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing as well. What you might want to do, you might want to seek out a local spiritual director, either a priest or a, a layperson, maybe a Catholic psychologist who knows the sacraments, practices the faith regularly. Uh, remember, a confessor has to be a priest, but a spiritual director does not have to be a priest. Um, Maybe th- seek out a good Catholic psychologist that, that you and your wife could go see together to w- talk about this work situation, or maybe you and your wife can meet once or twice with a priest to talk it out, and th- they, they the, the spiritual director, might be able to give you greater clarity on this yeah, situation, yeah. something that we can't do over the radio. It's just not feasible. Uh, but that's something else you and your wife might want to seek out a spiritual direction. So yeah, again, a great, a great uh, witness call in regards to things don't seem 100% at work right now, but yet I feel called to stay, and I'm still praying about this, and I'm praying about it with my spouse. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, Just a a paragraph from the Catechism, uh, Tom, on this that I want to share about the dignity of labor. Uh It's interesting. Scripture also attests to the truth that people will be working even to the final moments leading up to the second coming of Christ. Wow. How about that, huh? We read in Matthew 24 and Luke 17, these are similar words, two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one will be left. So number 2427 of the Universal Catechism tells us this, human work proceeds directly from persons created in the image and likeness of God and called to prolong the work of creation by subduing the earth, both with and for one another, Genesis 1. Hence, work is a duty. If anyone will not work, let him not eat, Second Thessalonians chapter 3 says, as well as First Thessalonians chapter 4. Work honors the Creator's gifts and the talents received from him by the individual. It can also be redemptive or salvific. By enduring the hardship of work, Genesis 3, in union with Jesus and his own cross, the carpenter of Nazareth, and the one crucified on Calvary, Man collaborates in a certain real fashion with the Son of God in his redemptive work on earth. He shows himself to be a disciple of Christ by carrying his cross daily. This is great for the caller or for the Facebook post gentleman we just had right uh-huh, in. Uh-huh. Uh, Christ shows himself, excuse me, such a person shows himself to be a disciple of Christ by carrying his cross daily in the work he is called to accomplish. Work can thus be a means of sanctification and a way of animating earthly realities with the spirit of Jesus Christ himself. And number 2428, in work, the person exercises and fulfills in part the potential inscribed in his nature. The primordial primordial value of labor stems from man himself, its author and beneficiary. Work is for man, not man for work. Quoting again John Paul II in Laborum Exercens, uh, paragraph number six. That's John Paul II's document on the dignity of exercising human labor. Everyone should be able to draw from work the means of providing for his life and that of his family and of serving the human community at large. Mm. Uh, some great uh, scripture passages on works. We got a few minutes here left uh, on, on the dignity of human labor and work. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 says, Thus the heavens and the earth and all their array were completed, since on the seventh day God was finished with the work he had been doing. 
he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had undertaken. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work he had done in creation. Genesis wow. 2, verses 1 through 3. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12 says, The Lord will open up for you his rich treasure house of the heavens to give your land rain in due season and blessings upon all your work and your undertakings so that you will lend to many nations and yet borrow from none. How about Second Chronicles 15, verse 7? But as for you, be strong and do not relax, for your work shall be rewarded on earth. Second Chronicles, again, 31, 21. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, and in the law, and in the commandments, all to seek his God, he did all this work with his heart, and he prospered greatly. How about John 4, 34? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Reference in words to the words in reference to the Father. And John 6, verses 27 through 29, Jesus says, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom he sent, Jesus Christ. Wow. And that's important because our work should be sanctified in the name of Jesus Christ and let our work sanctify us in the name of Jesus Christ. And John 17, verses 4 and 5, Tom, I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Mm. And 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be firm and steadfast, always fully devoted to the work of the Lord in your daily lives, knowing in the Lord your labor is not in vain. How about that? It's pretty wonderful. Colossians 1, verses 10 and 11. Live in a manner worthy of the Lord, so as to be fully pleasing to him in every good work bearing fruit, and growing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with every power, in accord with his glorious might. And 2 Thessalonians 3, verses 10 through 12. We instructed you, my friends, that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should one eat. How about that? Yeah. We hear that some among you are conducting themselves in a disorderly way by not keeping busy, but rather minding the business of others. Such people we instruct and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and to eat their own food. So see, the workplace can get kind of messy, but it's up to us to kind of help iron things out through clarity and charity and also by diligence. Absolutely. And Father, you may not know this, but uh, back in the day, when Adrienne and I got married in the cathedral in Cincinnati, we were married on May the 1st. And you know what day hey, that is. St. Joseph the Worker. Exactly. How about that? Could you leave us with your blessing, please? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always. And speaking of St. Joseph, Tom, as my ink pen says, St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us on behalf of our fantastic team here. I'm Tom Price along with Father Wade Menezes. Hey, have a great day. See you next time here on EWTN's Open Line. God bless.